Uh, I think I'm good. I listened to all three of the previous episodes, and uh, when I re- <laughs> when <soul>. I. Re- <laughs> <laughs> Marriage? Marriage, do you not have that done? Yeah. You go before a judge and uh, you swear to love, honor, and cherish each other until death do you part. And do they? Love each other till death? Not very often, no. Then why do they do it? I have no idea. So you cannot sleep with me unless I'm I'll, married. I'll, I'll sleep with you if you want. I'll sleep right there. There's I'll plenty sleep. of room. Then fine. If you don't mind, I'll no, it's I know. up to you. I'm just I, trying. I know it's up to me. I'm making the choice. I'll come sleep with you. Okay. All right. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Grand Gesture, a podcast where me, Dave, your coastal elite, and your country bumpkin, Mike, attempt to apply everything we learn from movies to our love lives and... For this episode, we have a brand new guest. We have Sandy DeVito of Movie John. So thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, you guys. Yes, of course. And we know each other because you have been on Pop Culture Case Study, my other podcast, reviewing mm-hmm. it. So if you want to hear more of Sandy, be sure to check that out. But if people would rather read your work, where should they go to check that out? And what reviews should they read? Hmm, what reviews should they read? Um, well, uh, I usually recommend my Twitter first. It's Void Ember. I also post pretty much everything I write about movies these days on my Letterboxd. My username there is also Void Ember. Uh, and then I also write for moviejohn.com. Um, I mean, as far as the most recent stuff that I've written, definitely my it review I'm pretty proud of, if I can say that. Um, and I've gotten a fair amount of attention for that. So I guess gravitate towards that one first especially if you're looking for something that I've reviewed recently. Just anything on my letterbox in particular. Um, uh, like I said, I definitely post pretty much everything I write there versus just the stuff that's like commercial, I guess. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I feel like that's the best place to really get a feel for my particular style of writing and what I'm personally really interested in. So. I'm yeah. glad Dave invited you on for something that was not commercial at all. Yeah. A film that no one saw this year. I guess I meant um, like a, a professional style review versus <laughs> something a little more, uh, uh, I guess, uh, friendly. <laughs> so thanks for having me for this. I, I loved Wonder Woman. It's one of my favorite movies of the year. So I'm very, very pleased to be guesting for this particular episode. Excellent. All right. So let's move into that little movie that could uh, DC's Wonder Woman. <laughs> So sorry to undercut. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> so Wonder Woman is the movie to actually prove that a DCEU movie can both make money and be a critical darling. One of the things that may separate Wonder Woman from most other comic book properties, apart from maybe the first Captain America movie, is a moving romantic subplot. So we think that more than qualifies it as a perfect movie to cover here on The Grand Gesture. So first we'll jump into the meat cute. So I really think the meat cute is kind of twofold here. They originally meet when Diana, soon to become Wonder Woman, played by Gal Gadot, saves the life of Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine, after he crashes into the ocean. You're a man. Yeah. I mean, do I not look like one? But to me, the real mute cute is their interaction afterwards with Diana questioning a nude Steve, something we rarely see in movies, a woman in a power position in this kind of situation. Uh, I didn't see you come in. Would you say you're a typical example of your sex? 
I am above average. Can I ask you some questions? Where where are we? The Mosquera. No, I got that before, but I mean, where are we? What is this place? Who are you people? Why does the, the water do that? How come you don't know what it watches? How come you speak English so well? We speak hundreds of languages. We are the bridge to a greater understanding between all men. Right. You know, I didn't get a chance to say this uh, earlier, but thank you for dragging me out of the water. Thank you for what you did on the beach. So do these pair of meat cutes work and are they both charming enough to root for? So why don't we start with you, Sandy? They're definitely both charming enough to root for. I guess I should start off with the fact that I didn't really go into this movie with a lot of expectations. Um, I like comic book movies fine. I would not call myself a comic book movie fan. I don't like read every comic book or I don't know a lot about the backstory of Wonder Woman or anything like that. So I went in just feeling like maybe I was going to have lukewarm feelings about the film. Um, and I didn't really know anything about the love story or anything like that. But I was like, I really got really swept away by the whole thing. And especially this love story between the two of them. I think these days you're used to seeing specific kinds of things from superhero films, especially when it comes to like any sort of romantic subplot in films like that. Um, people definitely want to make it so studios thus far have been trying not to step on anybody's toes with it and trying not really to do anything super creative with it and just stay in like the safe zone. A big part of this film obviously is the fact that it's the first really big female driven superhero film so anything they were going to do with a love story was going to have to i think be extra special mm -hmm. um to make this film noteworthy and i think they succeeded with it i am really really happy that they chose chris pine in particular for steve um i think he has, thus far has been choosing really interesting film roles and made some really smart choices and i think I mean, I remember as far as leading into the marketing for this film, a lot of people saying that they thought that it was kind of, you know, uh, brave of him or, or uh, <laughs> humble of him maybe to be to take like the second tier, you know, right. Because um, because he's pretty noteworthy, you know, he was like in the Star Trek films and he's a pretty I mean, I would call him an A-list actor at this point. Um, but I know that in a lot of interviews, he was really happy to be a part of this. And I think that translates into the film itself. Yeah, I think you can really you can really see that joy in him wanting to be there. Mike, what, yeah. what about you? Did this meet cute work for you? I see you kind of shaking your head a little bit. So <laughs> uh, I would say initially not because it, for, it's an action sequence, right? First, it's survival. Like their, their meeting is just like, oh, I hope both of these people who I'm presumably going to root for because uh you know the germans are coming uh so i should root for them uh they survived this this beach encounter and then yeah the 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 nude scene where it slipped and uh we you know we have i guess the female gaze uh for once here on chris pine that's, that's funny yeah what i think what works the most for me is the idea of superhero movies and we're just accustomed to them now 
we have i mean you have to admit that we're not accustomed to uh, a female lead because for whatever reason marvel decided that uh, scarlett johansson was not a big enough action star on her own to give her her own that seems like a, a mistake yep. financially um but i i like that for most of the film it's about uh, an ordinary guy uh, chris pine here not playing hal jordan i think i think the internet he's, was a hey, buzz that he was he's above average he said so. <laughs> He's above average. But just on that that idea that the internet cannot believe that Chris Pine would be playing like the normie here. They're like, oh no, it's he's probably secretly like a Green Lantern and this is gonna Jesus. tie into another series, which I was really happy that he was just a um yeah, just a slightly yeah, above yeah. average dude here. Uh, but most of the film, what what is cute for me uh, is when they actually get to London, yeah. uh, where he is introducing her to his world, which um I, I was a little bit afraid initially that it was going to be like that sort of fish out of water element where it's going to be like, you know, I don't want Wonder Woman Diana here to be turned into like Will Ferrell as like the elf. I don't want people what to be pointing and laughing. Comparison. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not, what I thought of. Not, not, what a, not, not my first thought, but <laughs> well, interesting. <laughs> that was my first thought because I, you know, some of it is going to be played for laughs. Rightfully so, because it's like, oh, look how strange and different that it is. You know, a lot of stuff we take for granted. And his character takes for granted. Like, mm-hmm. when they first get to London. Morning. We got lucky we caught a ride. We made some good time. Welcome to jolly old London. It's hideous. Yeah, it's not for everybody. And then you're looking at it, and you're like, oh, yeah, this kind of looks like shit. It's compared hideous, to where she yes. comes from. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I really, you know, I didn't want them to push that element so far where Wonder Woman becomes this goofy clown. Uh, character where it's just you know it, it can go too broadly naive um where she is meant to be sort of a messenger of hope and empowerment uh not just in our world for for women and and hopefully for the direction that these type of films will go but also for the characters in the film you know she's she's constantly saying like why are you not doing something why are you not living up to the best of your capabilities so yeah when it gets Maybe not the initial meet cute, but their developing relationship. I mean, that's my favorite part of the film. The, yeah. Like the London sequence uh, leading up to her sort of outing herself as this great super force on the battlefield. That I, I could have had an entire movie of those segments. I, I think they're they're adorable together. And so, yes, I was definitely pro this this particular couple. Good for mm, both of them. Me too. I think I think a lot of it uh, is due to Chris Pine's comedic timing, especially in that uh, initial meet cute. It's it's set up kind of I think after the whole you know lasso of truth sequence where he's kind of freaking out about why he's telling the truth and he's kind of adjusting <laughs> to this new world. And I think he's just he's just a really charming actor. And Mike and I uh, have had our battles about Chris Pine, and I have admitted many times that I was wrong. <laughs> about Chris Pine because there was a time Do it again. When, ah. I, when I was not a Once fan of Chris Pine. Don't right worry. Now. I'll get there. I'll get there. Uh, <laughs> and he is in every movie I've seen him in, in probably the last three or four years, he's continually improved and continually gotten better. And he's one of those yeah. actors I look forward to seeing now. Like if Chris Pine's name is on a movie now, I'm immediately interested. So, and I think this is, uh, and I think he does a great job here. I think, you know, they, there was kind of the running joke when the first, the first pictures first came out of this uh, before the movie came out. It's a very like Little Mermaid opening where she kind of, you know. Oh, I definitely you know, thought of that too. Yeah, for sure. But and I think they're both so charming 
that even if it is a little, there are some awkward moments there. Yeah. Like yeah. I'm still behind them from the very beginning. And I, but I think Mike, you're also right in that those scenes in London, it's, it's a really difficult balance. And I think, uh, it's one of the many things Patty Jenkins should be really proud of in this movie is that it would be really easy to go overboard with the fish out of water stuff. And it's just enough until we kind of move on to the battle and we have her become Wonder Woman. And she is never seen as the butt of the joke which I really like. Yeah. There's a lot of moments where even if she is being like naive is the wrong word because she just, mm-hmm. she just doesn't, she just doesn't know this is a totally different world for her. So she doesn't understand why things are done the way they're done. But the things she's standing up for are all the right things. So even when she is, you know, maybe in a position where you're like, uh, this is not really going to work out well for you. You still are behind her a hundred percent. So I think that stuff all really works. I just want to, uh, Throw a, a wager out there. I, I don't have okay. the, the Blu-ray. Is there a commentary track? Does anyone have oh, the, like, I don't the know. Blu-ray? Uh, I believe there is a commentary Ooh. track. I have the Blu-ray sitting right here. Hold on, I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep. Uh, well, it says, uh, join director Patty Jenkins as she takes you through Wonder Woman's most pivotal and exciting moments. Uh, so it's a halfway uh, commentary. Yeah, it looks like it's not like there's not a comprehensive commentary, which is kind of surprising to me. But pretty damn skippy. Like they... If there was one, she would cite yeah. John Favreau's elf, not Little Mermaid. I'm, I'm just. <laughs> well, I will take that so bet. I will take that of... bet because there's no way she brings that up. Maybe John... that's why they like wouldn't let her do it. John Favreau, a Marvel direct? No, that's no. He's in the Marvel universe. They would never. They would never. All right. Uh, but uh, Dave, I wanted to say I agree with you on that, and I know that Patty Jenkins has um, personally talked about that. Uh, special balance between Wonder Woman being kind of naive in this because she just hasn't had experiences out in the world at large Mm -hmm. and also uh, maintaining this sense of her being really naturally brave and really strong and really smart. And I think they do a great balance between that. And I think that the dynamic between her and Chris Pine honestly really plays well on that. Yeah. And he never really it's not like he is ever uh, demeaning towards her. If anything, he's just desperately keeps trying to, you know, keep her from hurting herself or getting into trouble when she doesn't really understand what's going on. And I feel like um, all those scenes, I never feel like he, I never felt like he was belittling her. And it, it, uh, it built on that, that relationship that they, um, are working on throughout the first half of the film. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be behind any sentence that starts with Dave. I want to agree with you. That's, that's always a good start. Can you please edit that I, out? I rarely that get out. that from Mike, so I'm going to take it wherever I can get it. So at this point, we will move way forward in the movie to the breakup. Now, you could actually argue that this breakup isn't really anyone's fault, unless you count humanity mm-hmm. at large. Diana, who does not understand the complexity of war in the human world after being raised on Themyscira, is distraught because her plan to kill who she thought was Ares doesn't really stop anything. Steve makes an attempt to explain things in a pretty moving moment. Maybe, maybe we don't. But, but it's not about that. It's about what you believe. You don't think I get it after what I've seen out there? You don't think I wish I could tell you that it was one bad guy to blame? It's not. Uh, we're all to blame. I'm not. But maybe I am. Please, if you believe that this war should stop, if you want to stop it, 
Help me stop it right now, because if you, if you don't, they will kill thousands more. Please, please come with me. I have to go. I have to go. Do you take a side in this breakup, or are they both right? I have to agree that I'm not necessarily on a particular side because their breakup is not so much a breakup as in we're breaking up with each other, but over a disagreement and a misunderstanding in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I feel like that's the point where sort of uh, Diana has been sort of trying to figure out what's going on in the real world and what's going on with the war and all this stuff. And it's taken her up until now to realize that it's maybe not as clear cut and as simple as she originally thought that it was. Right. And it's something that throughout the film, um, Steve is trying to sort of, he's been trying to sort of communicate that to her, but he knows also, at least this is the impression, especially the second time I watched it. I feel that he understands that her heart is in the right place. So he's trying to phrase it in a way that's not demeaning towards her and not, is not belittling towards her. You know, he's trying to be like, I know, what you want and I know where your heart is in this but at the same time you don't really understand what's going on and I feel like there's that point with this breakup thing where uh with the gas and and everything where she's like you you stop me from killing Aries and this is your fault and you're just as bad as all the rest of them um it's her sort of not really being mad at him but being upset that she feels like it's not as there's not like a group of good people and a group of bad people the way that she originally thought that there was and her wrestling with herself in some ways too about that idea. I think you can't really take a side. I mean, I guess you could, but you're going to, you're going to, okay, shut me down. (laughs) I feel like I don't really take a side in it. I feel like there is misunderstandings on both sides in, in that particular scene. Yeah, I'm I'm glad we don't have that uh, the the clear cut uh, Joss Whedon draft where this, <laughs> yeah, this, ooh, this silly woman. Let, let me just explain <laughs> oh, things yeah. to you, superhero. Uh, yeah, that's pretty rough ooh. that that uh, that came out. I can you know, good job Warner Brothers for Joss not Whedon, going with that. Feminist hero. Thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty disappointing. Read uh, for all of thirty seconds. I skimmed through <laughs> the highlights. Nope. <laughs> the highlights of terribleness yeah. of the script that didn't get made. Um, I, I'm going to side if I have to, I'll side with, uh, Steve Trevor here. Uh, only in the sense I, I like, I like the idea that he, he's aware that he's probably not equipped. Uh, he's, as, as Dave said, he's above average, but he's not equipped to explain the scope of not only this war, but just human actions. And like why we we sort of work against our own self interest at times. I mean that's that's just something you know. If you all of us probably were exposed to during last year's election, as far as like I don't know why these people in certain demographics and certainly in my state would vote against their own self interest. That it would be hard to explain to any you know beautiful sort of alien race that just dropped down and be like, why'd you do this? I just wouldn't have the words for it. And he doesn't really. And so this is, you know, a really big moment, a big time in history. I, I will side with him because I think he, he speaks the only language that he can. And he's somewhat inspired by her and that he's like, look, you know, what I'm going to do here is I'm just going to have to take action. Like you've been saying you need to do something. I can't fix everything. I'm sorry. I can't, but I'm going to do something. And so I, I think in some way, the, the only way he can, kind of explain himself to her is by being inspired by her. You know, she's, I think this is why this film works better than 
like Captain America, the first Avenger, which is very similar to as far as putting mm-hmm. superhero character in a, you know, real sort of historical concept. But mm-hmm. this one, I think they keep telling you in that film that Captain America is inspiring. He's inspiring. He's inspiring. He's been, Right. This one, I think Wonder Woman actually sort of, you know, walks the walk. She is legitimately an inspiring character, and we see how she influences another character that we care about because we spend enough time with Steve Trevor to actually care that he cares. So if I have to side with someone, I like the way he does explain it, but it's it's definitely handled with a degree of grace that I would not expect from a superhero movie. So I was really impressed with it. Yeah, and I also think it's uh, it's another gutsy move from from the screenwriters here because I think it puts us in a place – because we, I think as an audience, understand the complexity of of this war that's going on more than Diana does. So I think we are somewhat naturally on Steve's side in this. So to have your main character, your heroine, be put in this place of not understanding what your audience does is a really gutsy move. I think she still comes off really well despite the fact that she's kind of naive about all this and we may think at some moments that she's overreacting. And I think... I think the reason we're able to do that is partially her performance, but also I think Chris Pine's performance in the scene. I think I think it's his best moment in the movie, and he really nails it. Wrong. What's his best the moment? Sure, well, that's true. He looks <laughs> better in that scene. Yes. Um, so, say it again, Dave. Say you're right, Mike. You're, you're right, it. Mike. Uh, so, <laughs> Cut that part out. It happened. It's, it's real. <laughs> but I think it's it's a really tough uh, juggling act that again Patty Jenkins pulls off here. That we understand both of them. We understand why Diana reacts the way she does, but we are so behind Steve in that moment because I think at some level we know that Steve is more experienced about this and kind of understands the complexities here. So it it all comes across in a way where we can still root for both of these characters. And I think I think if we don't, then there's not enough time in this movie left to fix it in a way where we can get behind both characters again. So I think we have to be rooting for both of them, even while they're fighting with one another. So it really mm-hmm. works for me. All right. So now we move to the grand gesture. All right. So this one is pretty easy to find the grand gesture. This has got to be the grandest gesture of them all. Steve Trevor, yeah, in a moment yeah. of heroism, gives his life to help Diana save the world. This also has enabled Diana to focus on her battle with Ares and worry less about innocent lives at risk. So, in a seemingly stupid question, is this grand gesture enough, or is any power taken away because it is not a gesture just for Diana? No, I don't think so. Um, it's funny because I remember I was listening to the uh, cast that you guys did for Mud, mm-hmm. um, which I love Jeff Nichols' movies, so I was uh, that was definitely my favorite one that you guys have done thus far. But I remember you mentioning you're like the grandest gesture must be killing someone for someone else, right? And I was like, no, no. I think that was I'll me. <laughs> I think Wonder Woman takes the cake here because the they, grandest they... gesture is literally killing yourself. They um, jumped all over me for that. I was like, <laughs> I was trying to give the little kid props, and they're like, screw him. Mud kills. Mud kills for love. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I don't know. I think maybe Steve killing himself for the for the greater good and and also for Diana because she's part of that good. And in the scene right before that, you know, he confesses that he does love her, and um, so it's definitely for her as well. I think. And and also that what does he say? He says, "I I can save to the day. You can save everyone else or mm-hmm. something." <laughs> 
I don't know. The quote the quote sounds a lot better. In Steve context. Steve knows his place. Exactly he what. knows he's second to Diana. So yeah, yeah. Take that. Yeah. I like the simplicity of. I mean, he says, "I, I wish we had more time together." I mean, that's yeah. you know, that's yeah. you don't have to be in a save the world scenario for you to identify with that that idea of in in many walks of life. Uh, and I, I like that, you know, Dave, to your question, you know, if he, if he was simply doing this to like, and like some weird need to prove himself to her, like, I, I don't think that's there at all. I don't feel like he's, no. he's trying to like <laughs> learn her a thing or two by killing himself, <laughs> you know, I can show you what's you up. What <laughs> that is not, you know, I'm not willing to go that extra mile to win that particular argument, that sort of breakup fight. Um, yeah, I think you know he's just simply he's just a good person, and he's you know he's just if anything he's just saying that this is all I can do, and there are there are a lot of people like me out there that would that would do this thing, but separate from that, this this burgeoning relationship we have uh, is something I wish I could see through, but unfortunately we're just in this particular moment in history where that's not on the table, and so I, I like that he he gives his little speech, but you know he still has to handles business and he you know the, the the idea that he knows that she's going to really reshape the world in a bigger way than he can is is really cool and i think he really values the small time they've had together he's that's the one moment where he can be like you know he, he can kind of be like a teenager a little bit like wow this is really fucking cool like mm-hmm. i fell in love with wonder woman and then but then you know it's over yes yeah. that's, that's just how it goes and she's always gonna see me as as great like there's never gonna be a moment because he gets to like he goes out on this great heroic moment. Like there's, there's no, cause yeah, you're, she's not, gonna you're not going to live up Batman. to being Wonder Woman's She's going to meet boyfriend. the Flash. That's Superman. Yeah. She'll meet them all, but I'm the first one to blow up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that, uh, that isn't actual, the context of the film. I don't know if you guys are reading into that a little bit. <laughs> you're like, he's inside. He's just so happy. He's like, she'll never forget me. <laughs> I think, I think the reason that he is, I think you could argue that he's happy at the end of this because he's he's not only cre- doing this heroic act and doing the right thing, but he's giving her a gift too because this this is something she really cares about is you know doing the right thing and being heroic and it gives her the opportunity to kind of become that instead of to instead of giving in to her sorrow and her rage that little moment that they have together is enough to kind of carry her through. So I think that's why I think in a different movie, it would feel it wouldn't feel that great if, you know, he was doing this not just for her, but because this is exactly what she wants and who she wants to become. She's wanted to be here. She's wanted to be a heroine since she was a little girl. And this offers her the ultimate opportunity to do that, even if she has to give up, you know, this burgeoning relationship. And so does he. I think that really bonds them together at the very end. And I think that stuff all really works. Well, Wonder yeah. Woman's, I mean, especially now, like in our real world context, you know, she's a very progressive figure, superhero figure. I mean, more so than, you know, something like Spider Man Homecoming, which has no real value. I, mean, I say that as someone who liked that film, but it has no, you know, it has Put it no on the poster, meaning. folks. Spider Man <laughs> yeah. Homecoming, it has no value. Well, as long as you like, my score underneath, B. Plus. <laughs> it's all right (laughs) like you know i mean i honestly think like this was like the perfect time for this movie to come out because if we've got a wonder woman movie you know not necessarily the the whedon script but say we got one 10 years ago or whenever dc first wanted to have their 12 part saga ready to go 
it just it just wouldn't feel as weighty as it does now. And she mm-hmm. feels like a much more progressive character than just another superhero. And so this relationship is sort of predicated on this idea that we can change the world and just the release of Wonder Woman felt like something important, even though it's it's not a knock on the film, but it's just a very sort of populist summer blockbuster, mm-hmm. but it just mm-hmm. feels different. And I, I think that that's why the relationship feels slightly different. You know, it's not as much as I like, like the dark Knight movies or the uh, Emma stone as Gwen Stacy, you know, there, there are women there to be killed mm-hmm. and they're, yeah. they're there to keep the men angry mm-hmm. so that we can keep seeing movies and we can keep buying stupid plastic toys yeah. of these men punching other people. Yeah, and, and I, I mean, it's it's refreshingly old fashioned that way. It's about nice, decent people trying to mm-hmm. live the best possible versions of themselves. And I think it's very inspiring in that way, not having to be a weird, like, you know, ultra dark superhero movie, just mm-hmm. very classic and just good. Yeah, like, how's that for a poster line? How's that? Is that a little bit nicer than Spider-Man: Homecoming? Quotes, no value. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I like the efficiency of it. I'll give you that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I personally like. I mean, I think the um, the a major underlying theme in the film is the fact that uh, Diana is really empathetic and really mm-hmm. does care about people, um, and really does want to help them, and that that on that love has value and that it's it is the most important thing and it gives our lives meaning mm-hmm. <laughs> if that's not a big and cool thing to put in a summer blockbuster and have it carry i don't know what is yeah. i think though that um the romantic relationship that she does share with steve is an integral part of that theme carrying off to the climax of the film um because in this is an origin story for her right this is like the beginning of how she became wonder woman um before she was diana and she was you know isolated on themyscira and uh was really protected you know and then over time things happened to her she grew into herself and she had this relationship with someone that she really did love not just in a familial way like with her mother or you know with um Antiope or any of the other characters, but a romantic relationship. Because I think anybody who's been in a romantic relationship where they really did love someone and really did care about them in that way, um, you know that it changes you forever, uh, even if it doesn't really work out, right? Mm -hmm. And she needed to have um, a relationship that that had mutual respect and that was real. And um, so I think that's Part of the reason why I feel that the relationship that she has with Steve in this film is so important and um, made me so relieved that it works as well as it does. Um, Because if that relationship didn't work, the movie would not work. Yeah, I think, uh, Sandy, you kind of moved us perfectly into our kind of final section here, which is how how can you, if, if you can, connect this to your own life? And Mike, what about you? Did you find any connection here like can you apply this, oh, to your this is, life? yeah i often do what steve did <laughs> you've just to... given your life for your wife it's coming <laughs> i've often killed myself <laughs> it's a little dramatic <laughs> i've often killed myself love it sounds like a like a myspace post or something <laughs> um i uh i mean I, I think the most you can take from it you know removing all the superheroes or theatrics or a time of war and all of that is, uh, is the, the respect that is given 
to someone from a completely different walk of life mm-hmm. uh, that you're willing to take it in. Even it, it sounds silly, it sounds naive, and you know, for whatever reason, your date insists on bringing a sword to the movies. To like for I, I don't know, whatever it is, like you have such patience with Steve, and admittedly, you have a lot of patience with Diana, and she. Uh, she does lash out a little bit more, especially when we get to the politicians, which I think we can all forgive yeah. that. Um, but there's just, there's genuine interest and curiosity in someone who comes from a completely different place, different upbringing. And that's something that I think anyone can apply to their lives. And, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be some check mark either. It doesn't have to be like, I want to date someone just to add it to my list of like, I dated some, a foreigner. I dated someone from this city or that, like there's, there's genuine interest and hope for a future here between the two characters. It's just unfortunate and tragic. That doesn't work out. So yeah, I think, as I said, I said good earlier. This yes. is a very good film, and you were like, "Oh, that's that's a weak praise." <laughs> no, that's I like, said it was efficient. I didn't say it was weak. <laughs> I was thinking it. You're good. It's good. Yeah, that's good high praise from Mike. This one, my God. <laughs> I think I think for me, what I take from it is, I think in any good relationship, you are going to have each person is going to have strengths and each person is going to have times when they take the lead. And I think sometimes it's good for us as men to see movies like this where a woman takes the lead and we as men can kind of fall in line and help out instead of being the one on the front lines and being the one to take the fire. Diana is the most powerful person in this movie and it's not even close. And sometimes we just have to get out of the way. And I think we can take that in our relationships too. There are many things that my wife is much better at than I am. So I let her take the lead and I'm happy Agreed. to play the support. Yes, of course you would agree to that. <laughs> I just had to jump in. Yes. That sounds right. Yep. Rings true to me. So what about yeah. you, Sandy? Was there anything in this in particular that kind of rung true for you that you can either compare to your love life in the past or move it into the future? Well, like I was saying uh, before, I mean, I can definitely relate to that idea of Diana um, having a relationship with someone for the first time and it changing her. Um, I was, I wouldn't call myself as fortunate as her in my first love, but um, I mean, I definitely, unfortunately not Chris Pine, not the first time around, but I have been, I mean, (laughs) um, but I have been in a committed relationship for six years at this point. So, I mean, I, I think I saw something, you know, of, of, um, the the mutually respectful relationship that I have with my partner in this film, which was really refreshing and great to see because I feel like Hollywood sometimes just really fumbles with that. Mm-hmm. Like they just have a really hard time figuring out maybe just too many men in the writing room, you know, like uh, <laughs> just not really knowing how to write a scene like that in a way that is um, puts them on equal footing and um, makes it so no specific character in the dynamic of the romantic relationship has the upper hand because in real life, usually, you know, you're somewhere in the middle pretty much all the time. So, um, I was just wonderful. I don't know about as far as applying it to my own life. I'm just so happy that this film exists. Honestly. Um, uh, there's so much about it that I really loved and that was really refreshing and great to me, not just the romantic relationship, but the Amazons and seeing a woman in, you know, a superhero role as the protagonist and, having her be so um, pure of heart in a way that wasn't cloying was really important to me that made it so she was still really strong and really brave and, um, and, but still, you know, retained her goodness and her kindness. I think a lot of people, well, a lot of people argue about which, which Chris is the best Chris, right? Like it's Chris, (laughs) 
Pine, it's Chris Pratt, Chris Evans, or Chris Hemsworth. And if Chris Pine wasn't my favorite before, he sure is now. And it's really, it's because of Wonder Woman, really. So. All right. Well, there's no way I can follow Chris Pine, so I think we're going to end our episode here. Uh, thank you for joining us. We really appreciate it. Why don't you tell people one more time how they can contact you on Twitter? So my Twitter is Boyd Ember. Uh, I also post my reviews regularly on my Letterboxd. My username is also Boyd Ember there. And sometimes I write for MovieJohn.com. All right, so thanks to Sandy DeVito for being our guest. You can find her work, which is probably much better than ours, on moviejohn.com and on her Twitter account at Void Ember. But if you'd like to hear more from us, you should definitely subscribe if you haven't already. You can find us on any podcatcher of choice, and you can follow us on Twitter at Grand Gesture Pod, and you can also go to followingfilms.com to catch other movie podcasts like Mike's podcast, War Machine vs. Warhorse, or my podcast pop culture case study and if you do subscribe next time you will hear us we will be doing an episode on blue jay featuring k of gray's podcast 